that you have been reading along in your Advent reading. Uh, some days are better than others, but I found a couple of them this week that uh, really spoke into my heart, and I wanted to share uh, them with you, and, and tonight we'll be back, and I want to share with you a little bit what the Lord's been speaking to me during this season, what He's speaking I hope that he's speaking to you, and what he's saying to you may be different than what he's saying to me. But uh, I think it's good that we stop and slow down and just say, God, what do you want? What do you want to say into my life? What do you want to speak into my life? And I know it's hard. I know it's hard. It's everybody's got things to do. Everybody's got places to go, and things that are pushing on you. But I want to encourage you to slow down, and especially if you have kids, slow down if you can, and read together what God's trying to say into your life. We're going to be in chapter seven of Luke, and let's stand in honor of God's Word. And you say, what's this got to do with the Christmas story? Well, it's about Jesus. And uh, Jesus came, and everybody had in their mind what they thought the Messiah was going to do and what they wanted him to do and how they wanted him to work. And it's interesting that John the Baptist, who was as close to Jesus as anyone, uh, it says, we talked about it on Wednesday night, about how from birth he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He, he was close to Jesus. He knew what Jesus, and yet even him. And this is, what, this is what I want us to understand this morning, that we can be following God and be doing what God wants us to do, and sometimes we miss what he's trying to do, and it's hard to see. And so this morning we're just going to talk about that just for a little bit. We're going to begin with verse 18. Uh, chapter 7 of Luke. John's disciples told him about all the things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask. And here's the deal. This is after he baptized him. He saw the dove come down, and he's still like, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like this is going the way I want it to. And at the very time, at that very time, if you read the Amplified, it says... In the very hour, in the very hour. So while he's, he's doing these things while these guys are coming. At the very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall on account of me. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see, a reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see, a man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see, a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare the way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John, yet the one who is at the least of the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves 
because they had not been baptized by John. I want you to remember this morning how Jesus talks about John. He said, this guy, he's one of the greatest that ever has been. He was close to God. He was doing God's work. And yet he was like, are you sure you're the guy? Sometimes it's hard to see. And sometimes it's hard to believe. And this morning we're going to talk about that for just a moment. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this day. Lord, we want to hear from your word today. And Father, I know that in this crowd this morning, there's places in people's life where they're, got, they're just asking, God, what? it just doesn't seem like you're doing it right. And I pray this morning that you would give us faith, Father, to just keep believing that you're working in places where we can't even see. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. My wife loves Christmas, and this year has been kind of a a downer for her. She was sick for so long that normally that we would have all these Christmas decorations and stuff up. And so we are in we are in the wee hours of the of the Christmas time and we're putting up deck we did not put our tree up till yesterday. She's usually got her tree up before Thanksgiving because she loves to celebrate Christmas. And so we're kinda we're kinda behind the times. We're kinda late. And yesterday this is how this is how late she feels that it is she's like she's got all this christmas stuff and she goes i'm not even gonna put that up it's too late i'm not putting this up it's too late it's, this is gone i'm not putting it up and she has she has this countdown and she goes there's only a few days left there's no need to count down there's no need to count it put that away and so we've got one tree up with one ball hanging on it and that's that's it no we got a bunch of stuff out but here's the deal if you ask cindy is christmas going like you think it should go she would answer with a resounding no. This is not going the way I want it to go. I am not feeling the way I want to feel. I have been sick. It's not going. My expectations was this, and what I'm getting is not there. And so sometimes we're that way. We have an expectation of what we want Christmas to be. We have an expectation of what we want different things to be. And then when it gets down to it, it doesn't happen. And so this is where they are. Uh, I, I remember when I was a kid, I had, I always, there was always one gift. Mom and dad would always get you a bunch of stuff, you know, clothes and socks and stuff like that. And you'd be like, yeah, you know, but there was always one really nice gift. And one year out of the blue, my mom and dad were not extravagant people, you know, they, they would buy you a nice thing, one, like one nice gift a year, and, and they were just not extravagant. And one year they got me a race car set. And I was like, where did, who, how did this happen? I just I completely did not expect it at all. And, and I hadn't even asked for it, and I, and I hadn't thought about it because I just didn't think that mom and dad would buy me a race car set because it was just kind of frivolous. They bought me a race car set. And it wasn't just any race car set. It was the kind that if you pushed a button, it wasn't a slot car. You pushed a button, they could change lanes. And I opened, up, I opened it up and saw the box, and I was like, this is awesome. You know? And so me and my dad, we got in the floor, and we was putting it all together and had a whole thing put together, plugged it in, pushed the button, nothing. I had all these high expectations, man. You know, the kids on the box were just smiling, little Johnny and Jimmy. 
I had high expectations. Nothing. It didn't work the way I wanted it to. It didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to go. And the coming, and in this story, we see that John had an expectation. And you have to understand that that John was a real intricate part of the story of Jesus. The the coming of John was something that, that for the first time in 400 years, there's a whisper from God. For 400 years, they haven't heard of anything. And, and, now, and now there's a story of, a, of an old couple who, who are having a baby. And, and, and the, an angel was speaking to him. And, and, and when, when uh, his son was born, he was mute because he didn't, have, he didn't have belief. And so you hear this story and there's this little whisper inside Israel. Is something else coming? Because they hadn't heard anything from God for 400 years. And then they start hearing this whisper and John goes grows up and and uh it's believed that John was uh kind of a part of a very conservative part of the Jewish people and that that uh, he had these real high hopes that when the Messiah came and, and he believed that Jesus was the Messiah and he believed that Jesus was going to come and that he was going to help the Jews be the people that God had called them to be and he had in his mind that when Jesus comes, you know, other people had in a whole different idea what Jesus was going to do. Many people believed that Jesus was going to come. He was going to be a mighty warrior. They were going to overthrow the Romans, kick them out of Jerusalem, and they were going to rule the world underneath the Messiah. And so they had, they had this picture of the Messiah. John the Baptist had a whole different other picture. His was, he's going to come And he is going to so redeem his people that his people are going to finally live the way that God's people should live. And so this is the idea that he has. And he he is a part of a group that has this. And he had high hopes. If you read in page 54 of your book, I love the way that it's written here. I'm going to quote it. He believed that God would come and fix what was so deeply broken. God's going to come and he's going to fix his people. He had this picture in his mind and he knew that he, that God's people, that the Jews were a set apart people, a people that uh, not only would they, they look like God, but that other people would know who God through was through them. And, And I got one more quote here. It says, he believed the Jews should be a people living so close to God that holiness saturated their lives and it would flow over and on to the lives of others. So John has this picture. I love that quote. John has this picture that that Jesus is going to come and the Jews are going to go, oh my goodness, we just haven't been living the way we're supposed to. We are going to, we're going to change. And that God would move so, so powerfully in them that he would saturate them and that not only would they live holy, but that their lives would flow out onto others. And John has this wonderful picture of this, and he's got this in his mind. And, he, and, and, he, and i got to tell you, I feel a very close connection to John the Baptist. And if you've ever been a pastor, and there's a couple, three pastors in here, you know what I'm talking about. Because you have in your mind... Because you read in the word and you see what God can do in people's lives. And you think, if this would happen to everybody in my whole church, if this would happen in the church, revival would break out in the town. 
and it would flow out and, 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 and we pray that it would happen not only in our church, but it would happen in the Baptist church and the Assemblies of God church and in everybody else's church and that all of a sudden that everybody that, that went to church would be living the way that God would have them to live. And I'm going to tell you, if that happened, it would radically change Marshfield. It would radically change Marshfield. Uh, we went to a, we went to a uh, graduation the other night and my mother-in-law was in there with us and she was talking about she had, she had some, some family of hers and she said, she said, I was reading their post and she said, and all through their post they were just telling all these great things that God was doing for them. And she said, I was so excited because I was like, yes, this family member gets it. They are getting it, and they are following the Lord. And she said, and I was so happy. And she said, and it just went on and on and on about what God was doing in their life. And then she said, and then they said stuff that was just completely not nice and using words that shouldn't be used. And she was like, what happened here? And Cindy goes, and that's why people don't believe in the things that the church says. Because we say, yes, 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 this is God, this is God. And then we say the same things everybody else says. And John was thinking like we think and was thinking, man, wouldn't it be awesome if the church was the church? Wouldn't it be awesome if the Jewish people were God's chosen people, were living like God's chosen people? And John thinks when Jesus comes, that's going to happen. Jesus is going to come, and he's going to turn them on their ear. But if we read this whole chapter of, of verse 7, we see that Jesus doesn't seem to be about that at all. He doesn't seem like he's going about it the way that he needs to go. He's, he's, John has in his mind that he's going to come in and, and just sweep through the Jews. And Jesus is out. He's healing some Gentile soldier's He's working in his life. Why is, he, why is he messing with the Gentiles? Why is he working in his life? These aren't even people that, that, have any, that have anything to do with the Jews. Why is he doing that? And he works. He, he doesn't work in the people that John thinks he needs to be working on. He's working in people that seem to have no effect on the kingdom whatsoever. He, in chapter 7, he, he raises a widow's son from the dead. Do you know who the most unimportant people in Jewish times were? The most unimportant was a widow, and the next most unimportant underneath her was a widow that didn't have a son. And why, why is Jesus messing with them? This widow is not going to change the Jewish people's life. She's not, she, they don't, nobody knows who she even is. She's a widow. Why is he working in, in their lives? He is, he's working in these people and, and, and lives that, that don't have any, seem to have any importance at all. They have little consequence to the big goal of getting God's people to be God's people. And so he's not doing what John the Baptist thinks he needs to do. And I think sometimes we think, Jesus, you're not really going about things the way you need to go about them. And so John the Baptist thinks maybe something has gone wrong because John the Baptist has been working really hard 
to get God's people to act like God's people. And he's worked so hard at it that he's ended up in prison and he's got to be thinking, what is going on? I'm doing what God has called me to do and I've ended up in prison and I'm just wondering, are you really the guy that I thought you were? And so, and we talked about it this morning, sometimes Christmas doesn't look like we want to, but the truth is, is sometimes things in life don't look like we thought they should. We have, we're like John the Baptist and Here's the deal. We invite Jesus into our lives and and he comes in and we figure that he's going to fix everything. And after we have lived for him for a little while and we've done the things that he's asked us to do and then there's things that we want changed and it doesn't seem like they're changing and we're like, did I really put my faith in the right person? Because I thought when I did this that, you know, I've heard testimonies of of, of things being radically changed and I thought that's what was going to happen. And I've invited you into my life and I'm following after you, but it just doesn't seem like things are changing and they're certainly not changing in the time frame I had in my mind. And Jesus comes into our lives and we've got it all figured out of how it's going to work and he's going to fix my job and he's going to fix my kids and he's going to fix my marriage and he's going to fix my health and he's going to do all these things and we have it all pictured out that how it's going to work and we're like john and we wake up and our life doesn't look like what we had planned and i think at some time we all feel like john the baptist at one time and i know i do I really want God's people to be what they're supposed to be. And I pray and preach and I think about it and I pray about it and I wake up in the night and I'm praying and thinking about it. And I just want Jesus to fix what's wrong in people's lives. I really want that to happen. And I think this is how John the Baptist felt. And I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes I'm like, Jesus, why aren't you doing more? You just don't seem like you're going at this near as hard as I think you should. And John the Baptist comes and, and uh, he, he felt this way. Why aren't you doing more? Why is Jesus doing these little things? Why is Jesus working in, in, in ways that most people can't see? He, he ought to come and just do a sweeping revival through. And, and we want to see change, sweeping change in people's lives. And, and John the Baptist wanted, wanted Jesus to break into a group of Jewish people and, 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 to, and to just radically change them. And John the Baptist feels like Jesus really isn't getting the job done. And he sends his disciples and says, are you really the guy or do I need to be looking for someone else? This is a, what's a, this is a, it's a brave question to ask Jesus. And it shows the grace of Jesus the way that he answers this because it's a pretty, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's a pretty hard question you see, John has been let down by Jesus. He's questioning his own belief. Are you the guy? And it's a really, I mean, because he's really saying to him, because you aren't doing things the way I think they should be done. You ever feel that with Jesus? You ever come to Jesus and the way you're praying is, you know, I really believe in you, but 
I just don't think you're getting it done the way that it needs to be done. Totally frustrated with his lack of movement and, and lack of visible action. And, and, and Jesus, are you who I think you are? Have I put my hope in the right person? I'm going to tell you, if you, if you have not been there, if you walk the road as a follower, you will probably end up there eventually. And you just ask Jesus, are you really there? And what he's really saying is, I can't see you doing much. It doesn't seem like you're getting much done. And I love Jesus' answer. And I love the way that John, that Luke writes here. Uh, because <laughs> Jesus has just got done healing lepers. And, and if you read in the, in the Amplified Bible, it says, in the last hour, in the last hour, this is what Jesus has done. It's a pretty impressive, pretty impressive amount of work that he's got accomplished in the last hour. He's healed some lepers. Some lame people are walking again. Some blind people are seeing again. People who had evil spirits in them. I mean, people who had evil spirits in them, who have been who have been dealing with literal evil spirits in them, who have been ruining their lives for who knows how long. In the last hour, Jesus has said, hey, look, you don't get to ruin their life anymore. You're gone. It's a pretty impressive hour. I I would think that it'd be a pretty impressive year. At the end of this year, if we could say, you know what? We had some lame people healed, had some people that could not walk, walking again. Praise God. We, We had some guys that couldn't see. And in the last year, we've had some guys get healed and they can see again. Had some people with leprosy. You don't see that very much around here, but maybe if we did, had some people with leprosy, they got healed. And we had some people with some real evil spirit. That would be a pretty good year in my mind. And Jesus has done it in the, la- in the hour leading up to this question. It says, in the very hour. And it's almost like, you ever work really hard? Sometimes, sometimes uh, us husbands, we, we, we say the wrong things. We say the wrong things. Uh, my wife used to love to play Nintendo with the kids. And one morning I left, and, and you know, sometimes I think she did it just to keep her sanity. It was just kind of, just to leave for just a moment in her mind from the chaos of the four kids. And when I left, she was playing Nintendo with the kids. And I went and I worked all day long. I mean, I really worked. Not like what she was doing at home. I worked. I mean, I'm talking work. And when I walked in, she was sitting there playing Nintendo again. And I said, have you sat here all day? Because that's what it looked like. Because it didn't look like she had moved at all. I didn't notice that the house was clean and... I didn't notice the smell of supper cooking and all the kids were clean and fed and they were all playing and none of them were sitting in poopy diapers or anything like that. I just said, have you sat and played Nintendo all day? And she went. And I was like, uh. (laughs) And she started in, "Can can you not, can you not see what... Can you, can you, what, you know? No, I just sat down to try to keep my sanity. 
And if I was Jesus, that's how I would have answered. I would have said, in the last hour, I have healed the blind, healed some lepers. If you read one of the translations, it says plague. I don't know about you, but if you get plague, you're usually dying. I don't know what the, if you've got the plague, it's not good. If you go to the doctor and he says, we're pretty sure you've got the plague, nobody goes, well, am I going to get better? Because you don't. I've, in, one of the, in one of them, it says, you healed people from the plague. They couldn't walk, and now they can walk. They had evil spirits in them, and I have cast them out. That's how I would have answered. I would have said, in the, just in the last hour, this is what I've done. And then after I got done saying all that, I said, and because you asked me such a stupid question, I'm going to give you an elephant's tail. (laughs) And you have to walk around the rest of your life with that because that was a stupid question. That's what I would have done. That's why I'm not Jesus. I mean, I would have given them a rhinoceros horn right out of their head. There, now. You don't think I'm the Messiah. Boom. (laughs) They would have went home. And John the Baptist would have said, why is a rhinoceros horn coming out of your head? He's the guy. I mean, I'm just telling you, he's the guy. Jesus, this Jesus is so graceful. He's so graceful to us because we think, oh, I would never ask Jesus that question. Really? Because I have. Because in my mind, I'm like, You know, you pray for people who you love. You pray for people who you love. And sometimes you just don't see anything happening. And if you're, not, if you're really honest, sometimes you come to Jesus and you're like, are you, are you seeing what's going on here? And Jesus is so, so full of grace. And he basically what he said, he doesn't come to these guys and say, I did this and this and this and this. And I'm the dude. And you go back and tell John to shut his mouth and keep preaching. Jesus says, I'm doing some things. He's so graceful here. He goes, I'm doing things that you can't even see. I'm not even going to be mad at you for asking me the question. You're just going to have to trust me that there's some things going on. I've done things in the last hour that you just didn't see. There may be things going on with your kids that you're praying for, and you just can't, you just can't see them. Or maybe you've got a loved one or, or, or someone at work or someone that you're just praying for and praying for and praying for, or a spouse or a situation or something, and you're like, I, God, it just doesn't seem like you're moving. And he's, he's like, there's stuff going on. You can't even see it. And I think it's interesting. It's so interesting here that Jesus works in the places that are hard to see. He works in lives that, if you, that, 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 that we just kind of pass over. And he works in places that are unseen to have his kingdom come to, come to pass. And then he goes on and he... he he, he says something that I think is awesome here. He said, Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. How many people do you know that 
they think, well, Jesus doesn't work in the way I wanted him to and when I wanted him to, and so I just give up on him. If you read that first part of chapter 20, I mean, verse 23 in the Amplified, it says, you are blessed when you are not annoyed, offended by me, when you don't resent the way I do things. You ever get annoyed by Jesus? Jesus, I'm just going to tell you. I'll just say it. He's annoying. Sometimes he's annoying. He just doesn't seem like he goes about it the right way, and he just doesn't seem like he fixes it quick enough. And, and Jesus, why does he say, don't be annoyed by me? Why would he say that? Because he's annoying. And he goes, I know I am. I know this is annoying to you. Don't be annoyed by me, even though I, I'm annoying. I know I'm annoying to you, but I'm still doing things the right way in the right time. I'm doing kingdom work, and just because it's not the way you would do it, don't that, let that affect your belief in me. Don't be annoyed and offended by me. Don't, and then he says, don't be resentful of me. Trust that I am doing the things that need to be done. Why does he say that? Because he knows if we follow him long enough and we pray for someone long enough or we pray for things long enough, sometimes he's going to get annoying. And he says, don't let that bother you. Just believe that what is being done needs to be done. And just because your family isn't fixed when you want them fixed doesn't mean I'm not working on it. And some of you need to know that sometimes it takes a while. Don't give up on Jesus. And just because your finances aren't magically fixed doesn't mean that God's not working. And just because you and your spouse aren't getting along perfectly doesn't mean that God is not working on them. And it doesn't mean that God's not working on you because usually he has to work on both of you. And just because your kid isn't doing what you want them to doesn't mean that God is not working in their life. We can't see all that God is doing. And here's something we need to remember. God doesn't answer to us. You know that? And he's very gracious here, but we need to be very careful because we need to understand God doesn't answer to us. And he's so gracious to even allow us to answer this question. Because what we're saying is it really doesn't seem like you know what you're doing. That's what we're saying when we have these feelings. It, <laughs> and when John's ask this question he's really saying it doesn't seem you know what you're doing do I need to talk to somebody else who are you going to talk who are you going to go to there's no one else there is no one else there is no one else but Jesus there is no one else who can heal 
the lame. There is no one else who can make the blind to see. There is no one else that can take people who are dying of plague and change them. There is no one else who can change your child's heart. There is no one else that can fix the things that are wrong between you and your spouse. There is no one else that can touch your life. There is no one else who can take you and help you in your job. There is no one else that can help you to have the things that you need and to help you with your finances. I'm going to just tell you this morning, there's no one else to go to. It's a ridiculous question that John asks. But we do it all the time because we come to him and we say, look, I don't think you're doing things right. Is there someone else I need to go to? There is no one else. There's no one else. There's other things. You can turn to alcohol and drugs or whatever you want to turn to or or whatever you give yourself or give your life to. There's other things you can go to, but I'm telling you, there is no one else who can help you. And you might not like the way he's doing it, but I'm telling you this morning, there's no one else. There's no one else. And we can trust him. We can trust that he's working for our good. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. But I want to to tell you this morning, God is working for your good. And you can trust that this morning. I want us to stand. I just want to pray for you this morning. I I don't even know what the response would be today. I, I thought I had it figured out in my mind. And, and just now the Lord says, I just want you to pray. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you just in your own heart this morning you know whatever place there is in your life where you just be, if you were just honest this morning, just you and God in your pew this morning and he knows your heart. And Let's just be honest. There may be some place in your life this morning that you say, God, it just don't, it just, and here's the deal. He's so good and gracious to us that he lets us even at, he lets us ask this question. He lets us say, God, I love you. I'm not saying you don't love Jesus this morning. These guys love Jesus. John the Baptist loved Jesus. <laughs> but I want you to be honest this morning. You might be in your place in your life where you say, it just it doesn't seem like it's working out the way I thought it would. And this morning, I just want to encourage you that Jesus is working in ways that you can't see that is good for you and for the kingdom. And I want to encourage you this morning that he is doing that. I want to pray for you. Father, we love you so much. Father, I thank you that you let us come to you without striking us down, without destroying us and let us ask the question are 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 you sure you're doing it right and father i ask that you would forgive us in our short-sightedness because we can't see everything you're doing and father today i pray that you would encourage our hearts
knowing that you are working in ways that we can't see. You were up to a whole bunch of things. You were doing all kinds of things, and John the Baptist, his disciples couldn't see it. And Father, we can't see the way you're working in other people's lives around us, in our family, in our kids, in our job, and in places in life. And Father, sometimes it takes years and we say, oh, I see where you worked there. And Father, I'm sorry I didn't see it earlier and please forgive me. And So God, today, I pray that if there's anybody here this morning that feels this way, I pray in Jesus' name that they would leave knowing that you are working for their good. And I pray that you would encourage them in their hearts this morning as you have encouraged me. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read the prayer.